Voices serves as the megaphone for individuals who have endured transformational change. By highlighting trials and triumphs, our desire is to create a safe space for pivotal conversations, which in turn will deepen the story and provoke hope for you, our listeners. As you may know, change is never easy, but it is inevitable. You are not alone in what you're facing. Your transformation is possible, purposeful, and now. And here's Aaron Wiggum, founder and managing director of New You, with this week's guest. All right, welcome to another edition of New Voices. We are so glad to have you. Uh, we have a wonderful guest who will be joining us uh, via uh, satellite here <laughs> uh, for, for our discussion. Uh, she's a wonderful woman. Uh, so for, first of all, my name is Erin Wiggum. I am Managing Director of New You, and I'm also serving as your host uh, of New Voices. We have a wonderful guest here who has an amazing story that I just want to share with you all today. Um, and so she has, uh, she comes to us by way of Chicago, Illinois, and Ooh. she is now here in Tulsa with us doing some amazing work at the University of Tulsa. Uh, she just was recently promoted uh, to uh, the Director of Diversity and Education. Uh, and I, she could fix the title in a minute, but that's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and so, um, but she's come to be a wonderful friend. We met as she went through the New You program and she shared some things that were very, um, very vulnerable but very uh, powerful, and she has a wonderful testimony and story to share with us today. And so I just want to take a moment uh, to uh, introduce to some and welcome to others uh, the wonderful Miss Dion Lambert. Welcome, Dion. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> how, are you, how are you feeling today? Uh, feeling good. Um, I was sharing with you before we started. I'm a little sleep deprived. I'm taking a class okay. and, you know, everything that I started with New You is continuing as far as continuing to develop and grow. And so this class, now they told me it was a boot camp. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people call all kinds of stuff boot camp and, it's, and it's whatever. Uh, but no, this real, this is a real boot camp. Like, okay. <laughs> hey, there, there, there's not one time in one of my classes where I'm just like, where I'm not like, what did I do? Why okay. did I sign up for this? Uh, so I'm tired because I'm, you know, I was, I was on campus until about four thirty this morning, and uh, yeah, trying to catch up on on schoolwork. It's been a long time since I've been a student. So okay, all right, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're. But I'm good well, though. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm excited. Good. Good. Um, so what we always do is we start from the from the beginning. Uh, and I just kind of ask, you know, what is the Dion Lambert story? Like what you can start from wherever you would like. Uh, tell us Ooh. your story. Oh my goodness, that is a loaded question. Yeah. Um, and it's in interviews, it's my least favorite question. <laughs> okay. Tell us, tell us about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Because I'm like, yeah. ooh, which part you want? Um, so uh, born and raised in Chicago, south side of Chicago, um, to, so I am the firstborn of six to my mom, mm. um, but seven altogether, including my sister, um, that was the, Dion's got away to college, baby. 
um, <laughs> with my dad. <laughs> and so um, being a firstborn to a single parent, my mom was a single parent, um, that was a little challenging because I was assistant mama. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mom was going to school and, you know, working and doing her very best to try to make sure that we had everything that we needed. And um, so that put a lot of responsibility on me. And for anyone who has any experience with, you know, adverse childhood experiences or ACEs um, and trauma and different things like that, we understand uh, how impactful um, it can be uh, for children to basically have to grow up before their time. Um, mm. And so I carried a lot of that uh, mm-hmm. with me, but it has also added to um, some of the perspective that I have always mm-hmm. been a person like beyond my years yeah. um, as a, as a kid. And, you know, now I'm reverting backwards because I didn't have a childhood. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so there's that, but um, I'll consider myself a border walker. So being the firstborn to a single mom on the South side of Chicago, which is uh, basically uh, all black neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, when when I was growing up, it might have been right. by then. Um, <laughs> and um, all of those responsibilities and and basically being a system, I'm all that. Two, when I was 15, moving to go and live with my dad and my stepmom, who I call my bonus mom because she is she was a light, is a light mm-hmm. that I needed, um, and was the bridge. Uh, between myself and my dad, um, mm. but more on that another time. Uh, so going from Southside, firstborn, single mom, all of that, to and and a good uh, pover- impoverished experience. Um, being we were nomads, uh, lived uh, in shelters and um, motels and uh, this all with your dad. No, with my mom. Being on that side. Okay. Um, and then going when I was 15, went to go live with my dad in mm-hmm. a two parent home in the suburbs, being an only child and, <laughs> you know, being a child. Um, mm-hmm. I that is that foundation, um, those first 18 years and, and the juxtaposition between those two experiences. Um, has basically is what set me up to be a border walker um, and to be able to see on multiple sides and having experiences from multiple sides and not just from one angle. Um, and that's kind of been my life um, up to this. And it's kind of what has drawn me into uh, the work that I do now in diversity, equity, and inclusion um, and belonging. So um, that's that's the short story. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so um, you, you know, growing up in Chicago, you're, um, you know, moved from one parent's house to another. When you start to think about uh, life in Chicago, uh, what are some memories that come to, to mind? Like, what are, what are some, like, mainstays, some, like, nostalgic moments that kind of come to mind? Food. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Chicago rib tips. Yes. <laughs> rib tips, pizza, Chinese food, you okay. know, the, the food experience. Um that seriously, um, as well as the culture, um, or mm-hmm. at least being 
around or being in a community that feels free and mm-hmm. is just, you know, you know, we just doing our thing uh, type deal. Uh, so that's that's Chicago and and being able to drive a few miles in any direction and come into just about any culture that, mm. you know, you can think of. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's Chicago downtown. Amazing. The taste of Chicago, the free concerts uh, in July, you know, mm-hmm. going out and to um, the dinner cruises, you know, okay. Spirit of Chicago and all of that. Great America, which is the uh, Chicagoland Six Flags and, you know, all the different. Th- yeah, that, that, that those are the nostalgic things that I think about when I think about Chicago. OK. All right. And so you progress on. Um, when did you end up going to school? Were you an adult learner or were you was it right after? Straight out of high school. I could not wait to get out. Okay. <laughs> so the church that I went to at the time, grew up in the church. Um, the church that I went to at the time, Wheaton Christian Center, um, Carlton Arthurs uh, was the pastor. Uh, he mm-hmm. passed away a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um he, our youth group used to come to college weekend at ORU every fall. Mm-hmm. And so because my youth group came and all my friends were going and all, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the only school that I even applied to. Mm-hmm. I could really kick my parents for letting that happen, but <laughs> it's the only school I applied to. Cause I was like, Oh, my friends are going to ORU. So I'm going to ORU. Yeah. Um, so did that. And, and that's what drew me to Tulsa. Because as soon as I graduated, I was like, I already know where I'm going. So went st- I literally was 17 when I got here. And yeah. What did you uh, study? At, at, or <laughs> Which year? <laughs> <laughs> you changed that many times? You changed majors? Oh, yeah. Times? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I started okay. out um, pre-med biomedical chemistry because okay. I wanted to be an ob or a pediatrician. Uh, but then organic chemistry kicked my butt. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's how y'all do? Okay, I'm going to go to biology. So mm-hmm. I switched to biology. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I like biology. And I'm still in the same vein. And then um, ecology came up. I don't play mm-hmm. with bugs. That's not mm-hmm. what I do. So <laughs> uh, then I switched to nursing. And I had a very... Um, for lack of a better word, uh, I wouldn't go. Well, it probably was traumatic, um, but I had an interesting uh, encounter with the dean of the nursing department, mm. and um, she told me, uh, in no uncertain terms, that I was not fit for the nursing department, and she would never approve of me being a nursing student. And um, now, granted, to to give the little bit of credit, um, my grades sucked. Mm. However, uh, the work that the thing that everybody knows now, because um, now trauma is a buzzword, but um, coming from the background that I came from, um, because what I what I did not include in my introduction um, is the abuse. Um, Mm -hmm. and um, situations I've gone through sexual abuse and Mm -hmm. things like that and I had siblings at home and so I was concerned about my siblings my mind was not in my books and Mm -hmm. I didn't there were no supports at the school that I went to to 
support me, to mm. be able to help redirect me, to kind of help absorb some of that burden, um, to give me resources or direct me to other ways or that there was none of that. Mm. And um, so I so my grades suffered horribly. And when I went to the dean of the nursing department, that was she didn't ask me anything. I poured out everything um, because when she told me that, I was like, I know it looks bad on paper. My grades are bad, but I but I'm a good student and I know that I can do this and all that. And she said, I don't care. She literally said, I don't care. <laughs> and and I was like, but what? Yeah. And so she at that time, I was a business minor because Mm -hmm. I figured, you know, that I would need to know something about business. But I knew all my time up to that point was I want to be an OBI or a pediatrician. So Mm -hmm. I didn't need business classes. um, So I thought and so it was my minor. But when I did that, so I went to visit her twice. And in those two visits, uh, different semesters, because the first time I left her office bawling, crying, mm-hmm. um, because like, she basically said, you suck. You're horrible. <laughs> You're a horrible student. You'll never be a great student. And Oh, and the other thing that she told me was, you either need to change majors or go to another school because I will never approve of you being a nursing student. And yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, but... I'm at, and this was a school that was, um, for lack of a better word, they, they, they talked about the whole person and taking care of the whole person and making mm-hmm. sure that, and I'm like, but you, you don't look practice at this that. And you're not, yeah. yeah. So, so I took it to the president. I caught, I caught him at the time, the president at that time. I caught him on the way to, you know, I saw him walking across campus and I, I ran out and I told him about my encounter and he was completely unfazed. And he said, well, if that's what my, that's, if that's what my staff member says, then that's what I stand by. I'm, I'm, I'm supporting them. And there was no, I explained everything. So I, yeah. So at that point I changed my minor to my major. Mm. Um, because I had spoken to my advisor and I said, what do I have to do to get out of here? <laughs> and they told me because I had to change major and had so many classes. They were like, well, you got all these credits. If you just pick something, <laughs> you can get out of here. Right. So at that time, I changed my mind to my major and that was it. And then I was like, OK, I'm done. Wow. Yeah, that's something. Um, so you you talked about. um you know, having to deal with like um, traumatic experiences. And of course, that's mm-hmm. one of the traumatic experiences, like going through college and not having the support of the people who are supposed to be able to help cultivate you. Right. Um, and so like how, you know, when you were going through these various situations and you can either speak about the abusive situation you're talking about or, you know, uh, or the college experience, how, you know, just talk a little bit about what that did to you as a person, like your psyche or like how you process that as an individual. Um, so we can get a better understanding of like, yeah. of, who, of who you really are. Sure. Or work. Um, at that time, well, you know, I came here straight out of high school. So I was 17. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. still wet behind the ears. 
and you know, as they say, and so I'm still developing as a person. I don't even know um, the fullness of who I am. I don't, yep. I don't even, I haven't even begun to scratch the surface of who I am. Um, and because of everything that I had gone through, there were already so many weights uh, internally mm. um, that I had to fight to be able to get out to a mm. point of um, believing that it was possible for me to be successful, believing that it was possible um, for me to even like, cause talk about imposter syndrome, you know, after mm-hmm. having that kind of a visit uh, with a dean of a school, not just a professor, but a dean, <laughs> um, then it really became like, who do I think I am? Like, but, but I knew so there's a there's a thing I always talk about the difference between what you know and what you believe. Mm-hmm. So it's like I know that she told me these things and I know that on paper this looks really bad. Mm-hmm. It looks like I'm I'm not equipped to be in these classes. It looks like I know these things. But I also know that I'm better than this. And I also right. know the circumstances that I'm coming from and I believe I can do this. I believe mm. I can create a different narrative for myself yeah. and for my siblings. I believe that something more is possible. Now, so, now, wait, let's stay right there. Where did that belief yeah. come from? Like, what, what was the impetus? Like, that's, that's exactly where I wanted to get to. Like, what was that belief about yourself or like, what, like, mm. what was driving that? What was the source of that? I was always a good student. I was always a good student. I loved school. I was nerdy (laughs) in school. So I love, so even though, and then now of course, I was a first gen student, first Mm -hmm. gen, you know, college student. And so there's, there's all that to deal with. Right. So not having an example, not having, not knowing, you know, how to navigate the higher educational environment and, and what to do and how to prepare and how to, you know, I literally, my my dad and my stepmom, bless them, God bless them. If you're watching, God bless you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, my dad and my stepmom, I, and I think at that, by that point, they because it was still new for them. They had gone from having no children in the home to a 15-year-old mm-hmm. who had an attitude. Right. <laughs> and because she was grown, you know, mm-hmm. she was raising kids and doing, you know what I'm saying? So having that, and so by the time it was time for me to go to college, um, they they drove me down and dropped me off and literally left the next morning. Mm. Like before registration started, <laughs> it was like, you're here, bye. And wow. so all of the things that parents do when they're setting their children up and college visits mm-hmm. and, you know, make sure they are, they're good with registration, their classes are good. Financial aid to take care of all of that stuff. I didn't have that, okay. and I was first gen, so I had no, I had no idea right. of how to navigate that environment. And this is probably and, before Trio or around the time Trio was still. Are you familiar with Trio programs? I have no idea what that is. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> right. Okay. So Trio yeah. is a federal program for first gen students that is throughout mm-hmm. the collegiate system. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was definitely that was definitely after wow. <laughs> me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So none of that, none of those supports or anything. And so I get there. And so 
that belief, the belief that I had in myself. So even though I was, I mean, you talk about not just rocked to my core, Mm -hmm. stripped to the studs, Mm -hmm. stripped to like, uh, okay, like the truth of like that kind of encounter in that environment, in a place where I'm the only one here. My Mm -hmm. family is not here. My family's in Chicago. I'm the only one here. I'm first gen. I don't know anybody. I'm having a whole new experience. Mm -hmm. So it was literally like sink or swim, like for real, real. And so my belief, the only thing, the only life raft that I could hold on to was the knowledge and the experience of like, I know I'm a good student. I know I can learn. I know I can get these concepts. And I know that I could be an amazing nurse, you know, or a a medical professional. I know this because that's where my heart is. It's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she told me those things. And I'm like, is is this is this accurate? Am I real? No, like, no, it's not. She doesn't know me. She's not even trying to know me. And so I had to cling to what I knew about myself. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's perfect. I think that there are so many times in our experiences where you have to go back to what you know, right? Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. it's not about what you don't know. Like, you don't know the collegiate yeah. system. You don't know about FAFSA. You don't know about financial aid. You don't know about, I don't know the, the words and the, the vernacular of academia. Yeah. But what I do yeah. know is me. Right. Yes. And so sometimes yes. you got to go back within and understand like yep. that none of this makes me invalid or yeah. or inaccurate. Right. Yeah. Go yes. back to what you know. What do you yes. know? Me. OK, good. Yeah. Now that you know what you know, what do you do with what you know? Right? Yes. And, yes. And, yes. And employing what you know into a new experience then now yeah. creates another reality for what you already knew to begin with. So uh, yeah. that's what I'm saying is like, you know, what worked in middle school, then worked in high school, then worked mm-hmm. in college. It's not the same mm-hmm. method. It's the same right. person, though. Like the, yeah. if, if I can yeah, get yeah. it on this level, I can get it yeah. on this level. And yeah. guess what? If you yeah. feel me in the White yeah. House, I can get it on that level. Like, yeah, because I'm true to who I am and 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 what what I know about me, and so that's yes. a, that's a great point that you bring up, and that's why I was kind of trying to drive that point home. Um, mm-hmm. I've had many times in my career and in my life where I felt imposter syndrome creeping up because it's like, well, all these other people seem to be more valid than I am, right? And it's right. like, wait a minute, no, actually they're not. Right. They they're actually guessing yeah. the way you're guessing. Like, <laughs> and so right, right. even as you step into this new role now, like, you, you know, you're talking about things that maybe you're not uh, like nobody knows everything. But what right. I do know is me. I know my lived experiences. I know the mm-hmm. experience of people I love. And I can put mm-hmm. all of that to educate myself into the work yeah. that I'm leading now. And so, yeah, I think yeah. that's perfectly stated by you. Yeah. One thing that you just. Uh, referred to it's like um a couple of things oh and I, I kind of want to um I want to name this that situation with the me writing stuff down mm-hmm. so one and, and I I mentioned this to you before we started but I want to let our audience know 
Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I, I get distracted and I don't know if that's ADHD or, or what, but I'm noticing that my brain is operating differently these days. Um, and so I tend to, uh, need to jot things down to remind me to stay on course mm-hmm. or, um, mm-hmm. if something, um, that you're saying, especially in this dialogue and in the mm-hmm. goal of what it is that we're trying to accomplish, yeah. um, I want to make sure that I, I, I hit those things. And so mm-hmm. if, if if you see me, you know, kind of looking away, I'm not on my phone. I'm not playing solitaire. I'm, you know, <laughs> giving myself a couple of notes. <laughs> yeah. But um, you said you said go within and mm-hmm. attach to that thing. And I heard someone say, uh, "Go within or do without." That's and it. and it. it's such it's so real. It's like mm-hmm. because there's it's so tempting. Um, especially these days, so many people, you know, to blame everywhere else and to go everywhere else and to look mm-hmm. everywhere else for solutions. But the truth of the matter is we actually come here with everything we need to succeed within us. Mm-hmm. We we come here yep. equipped and designed to yep. accomplish our unique purpose. Yep. So whatever it is that we're supposed to do and, mm-hmm. and that we're supposed to affect in the earth, mm-hmm. you know, during our time here, we come here with that. Yep. And so it's it's experiences, it's encounters, it's it's relationships, it's connections, it's it's education, it's all of the things that we acquire along the way that help us to draw out those things and to and to add those things into the environments that we're called into or that, you know, that we, the tables that we get to sit at. And so going within Mm -hmm. is, it's not a selfish thing. It's not a self-centered thing. It is, it's, it's like the divine design, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like that acorn, you know, where we're we're talking about oak. It's like, it's already here. It's already the seed. It's already here. That oak tree is in this, this acorn, yes, you know, and so it's the same thing for us. It's like we come here and we're vulnerable and we're lost and we don't know how to navigate our systems and we don't know all of these things, but we find and, and we're introduced to connectors mm-hmm. along the way. Like for for me, you know, knew you was was a part of that. You were a part of that. The things mm-hmm. that you were sharing, the cohort members, because we mm-hmm. we had an opportunity to sharpen each other and to yeah. add to each other in that experience. Yeah. You know, so going within or doing without is a real thing. The other thing is that, no, I may not have been, you know, I'm not the same person at every iteration. Right. You know, the core is the same. Right. My core, those those essential elements, those that that again, that design going back to that original design mm-hmm. is the same. But how it expresses how certain things come off, how I get to share, how I get to interact, that's going to change mm-hmm. with information yep. with interaction because if i learn that this particular thing doesn't really serve me and it, and it's and it's toxic or it's harmful to other people mm-hmm. i'll shift that yeah you know because again we're learning along the way and no right. one has all of the information but we're all gathering it as we go along yeah no that's great i, I just want to double back on that where you where you, you know we're speaking about uh you know, we, we've come with everything we need to fulfill our purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what's so powerful about that, what I was hearing when you were saying that was like, don't lose a winning hand. Like, yeah, you were you come to earth, you've come here yeah. with a winning hand. 
Yeah. Don't don't lose a winning hand. If, if yeah. you, everything you yeah. need to win, to thrive, to to we're not even gonna say survive. We're gonna say to thrive, right? Exactly. Everything exactly. you need to to be full fledged, who you've been called to be, who you um, desire to be. You've already have all of the ingredients of that in you, and it's a matter of going deeper within than looking around and. Go, you know, trying to be this person on Instagram and this person on TikTok and this mm-hmm. person. It's like, no, 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 no. Go yeah. within you. And if you yes. unlock all the treasure boxes in you, what you're going to realize is you at your highest self is you at a resolved self. When you resolve yes. yourself to who you are and you're full-fledged yeah. committed to that, that's going to yes. propel you to places you've never been before. So I, I love the way that you package that. Yeah. 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 I, when some of the, something that you said reminded me, like when you're talking about looking at, you know, what it is that we have and not outside, mm-hmm. um, don't lose that winning hand. Like don't gaslight yourself. Like that's yeah. something that I have done. You know, imposter syndrome will make you do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it make you second guess. Like, well, maybe I don't belong here. Or maybe that, no, 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 no. Again, mm-hmm. don't, don't forfeit your hand. Right. You know, don't gaslight yourself and don't listen to the voice. Here's something. Be able to distinguish between your own voice, mm-hmm. that divine voice mm-hmm. and external sabotaging voices mm. that don't understand your purpose, that don't understand you. That's something that I've had to really grapple with because for the first part of my life, I was a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted everyone to accept me. I wanted every. I wanted to make sure that you know I didn't upset people and all. Again, growing up in on the south side of Chicago, in the skin that I'm in, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, I'm grow. I grew up in the '80s, <laughs> so late '70s, '80s, yeah. And so back then, I mean, it still exists. Colorism still exists now, but. Dark skinned it, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. and you know, so I'm already like doubting myself and right. trying to find ways to validate my existence. Mm-hmm. And I did that through doing, I did that through trying to please other people. So there was no acknowledgement, there was no, and uh, I didn't have the model to, to remind me mm-hmm. that because. The people that I was around were literally, we were surviving. Yeah. There, we weren't thriving. We were right. surviving. And so there, was, there wasn't someone to speak into my life and to remind me of my inherent worth, mm. to remind me that, you know, I'm, a, I take that back. My grandmother, mm-hmm. my paternal grandmother, mm-hmm. I loved her hugs. It's the reason I hug the way that I do today, mm-hmm. because I could just fall into her arms and I knew that everything was going to be OK, mm. just in her embrace. And she would always just I, I'm like, I close my eyes and I can feel her warmth and I can see her smile. And every time I look in the mirror these days, I see her mm. <laughs> because I'm approaching that age where she transitions. Mm. Um, and so on, but when I look, I'm just like, Hey grandma, <laughs> but you know, so having that just don't, just don't, uh, I just have to learn how to not gaslight myself. Yeah. And then also meditation, mm. meditation for me, what I learned. So, 
let's talk about mental health for a little quick, okay. for a quick minute. Yep, yep. <laughs> because with everything that I've experienced, I have been working on fixing all that crap <laughs> and, and coming to grips and coming to terms with all of that for the last 30 some years. Mm. And, but, you know, being in therapy and having an opportunity to bounce my ideas and my thoughts and my experiences and my feelings off of someone who does not have a dog in the fight and who can give me that objective, you know, feedback and share additional resources and share additional perspectives and, mm-hmm. and things that I may not have considered, you know, that has been amazing for me. And so one of the things that my therapist recently told me or, or gave me, it was one of those aha moments was about meditation mm-hmm. and how meditation is not an emptying of the mind. Mm-hmm. Meditation is the filling of the mind with one thing. Mm, one thing. that's good it's focus yeah it's focusing on one thing mm-hmm. you know so when we talk about you know i'm meditating it's like what are you meditating on what are you focusing on what are you laser what are you aiming your laser at mm-hmm. and it's like what am i filling my brain with what am i filling my psyche with what am mm-hmm. i filling my cells and who i am my my interpretation and my perception of who I am with, what am I, how, how am I looking at myself? Mm -hmm. And so being intentional about the vision that I give myself for myself has been a has been a really an intentional practice that I've had to adopt. Wow. That's powerful. Um, I got two, two final questions. All right. One question is, uh, around, uh, we always, you know, I always say that new you, new voices serves as a megaphone for individuals who have endured transformational situations. And what I would like to know from you is, can you take us through a time where you went through a dark period or a dark situation and you had to hold on to hope to make it through? Um, how did you do that or how did you hold on to hope or how do you hold on to hope? Uh, Can you walk us through something? Sure. Um, Thank you for that question. That is, it's a really, um, I think about that all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I, having the experience that I have had um, and that I've gone through, uh, especially in those formative years, I always, I go back to that. Um, I reference it in gratitude now mm-hmm. um, because for a long time, I referenced it in uh, judgment, condemnation. I wish that had never happened. And mm-hmm. who would I be if that was not, you know, my story? And if mm-hmm. I didn't have to go through that and yeah. all of that. But the truth of the matter is that all of that has made me who I am right? and has, has allowed me to to stand in the places that I am now and to be who I am now. Um, the, the flip side of that though, is that going through all of that, there are so many shadows. There are so many dark places. Yeah. There are so many valleys. Yeah. There are so many corners. There are so many beds to have to hide under. Mm. There's so many different things in order to, there's so much self self-medicating mm. there's so much you know, there's a lot there's so much like 
people pleasing and relationship, toxic relationships and, mm-hmm. and things like that because I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. And to one of the things that I, that I, um, one of the things that I refer back to is, or that I say, I'm still trying to figure out whether or not it is absolutely true or situationally true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are very few absolute truths. Right. Um, but one thing is a perception for me is that it's dangerous for other people to see you before you do. Ooh. Because That's good. they can, yeah. And because then they start directing you and start feeding you stuff mm-hmm. to try to steer you. And again, that goes back to not gaslighting yourself mm-hmm. and not listening to those voices that don't really belong in your head, mm-hmm. don't really belong on the inside. And so a thing for me to get through those dark periods, but let me, let me, cause I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over those dark periods. Those dark mm-hmm. periods were dark, mm-hmm. dark, dark. Yeah. Um, as a child, um, I attempted suicide twice. Mm. Um, before, before, before going to live with my dad, I had attempted suicide twice, which was the reason why my mom sent me to go live with my dad. Um, and had suffered with depression and Mm. just not knowing, uh, how to deal, how to cope, what to do, because I was also very different than my family. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the touchy feely, like I, I want to be, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just excited. I'm really, you know, whatever. And they're like, whatever, get off me. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. but I'm just like, but I love you. <laughs> and, you know, also, also being open and being curious and wanting to know more and wanting to, and they're like, whatever, um, go make that sandwich or go do, you know, what, you know, so it's, it, 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 it was like, stay focused. And, um, so I've been I've been an outlier yeah. of my family. Um and it was weird and I didn't know how to process that. It mm-hmm. wasn't like I didn't feel special. I just felt like I didn't fit. I just mm-hmm. felt like why why can't I get it? Why can't why is it so hard for me? Mm-hmm. Um why can't I just do what everybody else is doing? And that's just never that's just not been my thing. And so that has, con- but that continued those dark periods. It's not like they went away. It's right. not like they, you know, you know, I, it was, if I'm going to be 100, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had dark periods like last year mm-hmm. and that there's something about the seasonal transitions like this, this time of year. Yeah. yeah. Um, that a lot of people deal with. Yep. Um, and I've noticed that that's something that I've struggled with. Um, and so depression is a thing and then you know talking about going through not only the personal challenges but the career challenges to to i'm in this role now but (laughs) i was i was virtually unemployed for like two or three years so Mm -hmm. when you're in a space you're not able to provide for yourself Mm -hmm. um as a contractor or as a as a consultant which i was and it was nice to be able to get those checks every now and then, but mm-hmm. I wasn't consistent. And my my bills come every month. They're consistent. Yes. They don't care yes. whether or not I have a contract. That's it. <laughs> you know, and so to, you know, people always say, I'm going to work for myself. Do you really know? Right. Are you really, are you ready? Right. <laughs> are you really ready? Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, so having, so that, having that structure in place was important that I didn't have that. 
Um, and so learning how to navigate that and on the road to get here. So I'm, I'm grateful that I finally got to a place. I'm like, I want to be somewhere where I can utilize and, and enhance my strengths. I don't want to come from having to beef up my deficits. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what, it, it doesn't make sense for me to forfeit or forego these areas where I naturally, you know, strive or, you know, thrive in, in order to focus on fixing these deficits. Like where can I be where my strength can enhance an organization, can add to people, can mm-hmm. support people, can lift people up, mm-hmm. can do those things that I love doing. Mm-hmm. And to when I got here, it was everything. But before that, I I didn't, there's been a long time since I've actually <laughs> done anything to carry out suicidal ideation, mm-hmm. but that ideation was there. And I was like, okay, if this is what it is, I, I'm done because mm. I've, I've exhausted everything. I've gone to workshops. I've mm. gone to seminars. I've attended this class. I, I feel like more is possible. I see people winning around me. So I know that it's possible, but it's not happening. And I keep finding myself back in this place. I don't want to keep circling around this same mm. drama. Wow. I'm done. I'm done. And so you talk about holding on to hope. Yeah. I feel like I wasn't holding on to hope. Mm-hmm. I didn't hold on to hope. Yeah. Hope held on to me when I was done with it. Wow. Okay. And hope is the, I feel like the universe was like, no, 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 you good. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I know, I know you're tired, but I got, just hold on. Mm-hmm. And so something that I learned from my childhood mm-hmm. from those times is that if you, if you wait, it will pass. Yeah. Yeah. If you hold off, if, if you can't do nothing, there's a reason why. There's a song that says that, or there's a scripture that says, or one of the, the scripture, the song, the, all the things. Mm-hmm. Having done all, stand. Yeah, scripture, yeah. It's, no, there's nothing yeah. else. There's songs, there's scriptures, there's, mm-hmm. there's quotes, there's paintings, there's all the things. Right. You know, if, if you can't do anything else, just stand. And, mm-hmm. and I would say, if you have done everything, you've exhausted yourself, You've shouted at the wall, mm. you've swung, you've done everything that you could possibly do. You've cried, you've prayed, you've fasted, you've done all the things. Wait. Mm. Just wait. Mm-hmm. If you can't do nothing else, you can't do nothing you else. Can't do you can't do nothing else. You already feel nothing else. You've exhausted You already everything. feel like it. Yeah. So sit in that and mm. then it goes back to that meditation. What are you filling mm. your mind with? Just pick one thing. Mm. Pick one thing to fill your mind with. Wow. That's good, and that's, girl. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's a call to action for our listeners? Um, you know, what's something you would leave, want to leave with them? And then uh, the last thing is how can they best follow you or, you know, you want yeah. Instagram or, you know, how, how can they keep up with you? So um, I didn't write that down. Um, what was the first part of that question? The first question was around um, a call to action. What, what was it? A call, call to action. Call yeah. to action. Yes. Um, give yourself the benefit of doubt. Mm, okay. Allow yourself to lean into your doubts and don't condemn yourself for having them. Mm-hmm. 
and move forward. There's a, there's songs that talk about, well, if you can't run and walk, if you can't walk and crawl, mm-hmm. if you, can't, you know, all these things, but seriously, yeah. taking one step and standing in that one place that you, that you stood in, yeah. that's better than where you were before you took that step. Exactly. Moving forward just a little bit, count every win. Mm-hmm. The action steps take inventory yeah. of what you're surrounding yourself with. Mm-hmm. Because something else that I learned about is um, I'm an empath. So sometimes, uh, and, and, I, and I, a part of the depression that I've dealt with mm-hmm. has been not being able to distinguish between yeah. what's mine yep. and what's other people's. Yep. Yep. You know? And so take inventory. Get to know your own voice. Mm-hmm. Get to know that still small voice and and know the difference between those outside voices and that voice that brings peace, that voice that will allow you and and that gives you grace. So the action step is to get to know your own voice and mm-hmm. do what you can to take a step. Yeah. It doesn't have to be people like, okay, you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to call out and you got to do all that's overwhelming. Yeah. It can be overwhelming, especially when you've been in dark places or right. you feel like you've already done everything mm-hmm. because now you feel like you're setting yourself up to do more running like the hamster on the wheel mm-hmm. and then to still be in the same place or to be back or for it to not work or people not to see you or whatever. But get to know your own voice yeah. and learn how to move forward, to measure yourself and to move forward and celebrate your wins, no matter how small. Yeah. Because everybody else is not necessarily going to celebrate them. Yeah. But you can. One thing that I say to myself all the time is the background story of it. I was having a moment and I was just like, oh, I need this. I need this. I wish this. And I had a moment where it's like, okay. If I had a genie, what would I wish for? Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 are my three wishes? Mm-hmm. And it was like, hmm. Okay, I would wish for a love, for mm-hmm. a love that honors me because I was in a relationship that I didn't feel like was that. Mm-hmm. Um, a love that honors me, um, immaculate health because I'd had some health challenges, mm-hmm. and wealth above me on my wildest dreams because I don't want to have to think about it. <laughs> and I was like, if that, if if those, if I had those three, I'm good. I could figure out everything else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. And then I was driving one day, and so and so the so I developed this pattern of if I um I have this weird thing with numbers, so one eleven, two twenty two, three thirty three, four forty four, five that kind of deal. And when I see it, I'm like, ooh, ooh, you know, it's kind of like wishing on a star. And so mm-hmm. I would always say my three things whenever I just have now I wouldn't set an alarm for it. Right. But if I just happen to observe it, I was like, ooh, love that honors me immaculate health and wealth money I want to you know, and then I accidentally I don't believe in accidents. I accidentally I was driving one day and I said I am and I don't remember it just I just stopped it at I am and mm. I was like and I felt something shift mm-hmm. in my body when I said I am. Mm-hmm. And it went from that 
again, seeking outside of myself Mm -hmm. to I am these things. So going from I wish I had to I I am am. the love that honors me. Yeah. I am immaculate self. Yeah. I am wealth above and beyond my wildest dreams. Mm -hmm. And so when I did that, it was like, oh, wow. Okay. I can do this. This, this is, this feels good, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I thank you so much for your time. This has been a wonderful dial. That time goes so quick, doesn't it? It does. Um, it really does. But this has been. I amazing. hope y'all got something we can use. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. This is this is this was very good. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get in, we'll get together soon and get some lunch or whatever. Okay. But I want to say thank you to our listeners for uh, mm-hmm. taking the time to tune in here. We it's another edition. Oh wait, of- I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, interrupt okay. your outro, but yep. I just I just remembered that I was supposed to correct you on the position stuff. So, oh, yeah. it, so I was not promoted because I was not working here, okay. <laughs> but I was hired as the director for of DEI education and training education for training. Okay. the in the, in the office for DEI at University. Okay. All right. Say it one more time. Yes. Full full scale. Yes. So I am the director of DEI education and training in the Office for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at University of Tulsa. There we go. All right. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much for circling back. on. That's that. a whole lot of words. It is a lot of lot. words. I was like, listen, <laughs> I got halfway through it. It's like, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, not going to do it. Uh-uh. But um, I congratulations to you once again. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, yeah. and Facebook. And uh, we'll have another episode coming up just soon. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of New Voices. Visit our website at www.newutulsa.com. That is N-E-W-U Tulsa.com. Follow us on social media at New U Tulsa on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And a special thank you to our producer, Jesse Ulrich. If you're looking for self-improvement, Join our free cohorts for personal and professional development opportunities. New You is a way for diverse talent to imagine, discover, and actualize a 2.0 version of yourself. Bring your future into focus.